everybody and welcome to yet another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I say evening because it's Sci-Fi Saturday Night. It would have been good morning and welcome to another recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Morning, I suppose. But didn't have to change the name of the show. We're the only podcast to guarantee it's another waste of electrons. And if you listen real hard, you get to hear stuff. Uh, this week, it's episode 494. We're getting close to that wonderful episode 500. I don't know why it's a wonderful episode, uh, because it's an even number. It's 500 an even number, Cam? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. It's, divided, it's divisible by two. You get 250. Oh, it's an even number then. Okay. Uh, it's another quarantine evening here in Area 51. Uh yeah, we're back down under lockdown here in Area 51. Cam is back in his in his hamster habitat. Uh, we've got all the hamster wheels connected and the, the tunnels connected and his feeding tubes connected so that he can get back and forth to the Area 51 help desk and snicker snack bar. Let me just welcome back to the uh, to the uh, cast, uh, Commander Cam. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good here. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of good stuff here. So... Um, by the way, the uh, yes. kale. Have you tried the kale chips I've sent you? They're freaking horrible. They taste like garbage with with uh, with uh, guacamole. Okay. Well, you weren't supposed to eat them with guacamole. What am I supposed to eat them with? Kale chips. They taste like garbage. But they're barbecue flavored kale chips. Oh, didn't say barbecue on the uh, generic wrapping. I didn't realize okay. that. Sorry about that. Okay, All right. I'm allergic. I'm allergic to barbecue chips, so you're gonna have to throw those out. Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, um, I, may, I may just eat them all myself. So, all right. Okay, fine. You but can a, eat them but all. Any, send them. Anyway, send this, them to Creon and Zombrarian. Will do. And the snack bar is doing fine. Everything's good. running good. Help. Help desk is. I've taken that offline for the course of the uh, the show tonight because we okay. have uh, more interesting stuff. But I'll get back on back to that afterwards. Yes, tonight tonight's uh, 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 funny questions is uh, old friends and bookends uh, with apologies to Garfunkel and Oates, uh, which, by the way, was was a funny, 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 funny bit by two comedians whose names I can't remember. They were a great uh, a great comedy uh, team, Garfunkel and Oates, and I wish I could remember who they were, but I can't. Katie Micucci. That's right. And I can't remember who the other one was, but God, they were funny. And I'm trying to remember who the other person is, but yes, that's the, that's one of the two. 
But anyhow, instead of uh, Garfunkel and Oates tonight, we have Scott Noel and Angela Eureka Smith, uh, one of whom is an old friend and the other is is going to be, I hope, a new friend. And we're going to find out who they are. But first, we're going to introduce uh, old friend Scott Noel, who needs no introduction. Scott, welcome back, my friend, to the show that never ends. Thank you for having me back, Dome, and, and good to be here with Cameron as well and, and Angela coming on soon. So thank you very much. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, you're always welcome here, my friend. You know that you, sir, need no in, in you don't you don't even need a backstage pass. You can you got to walk on privilege anytime. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fine. And we're we're having a lot of uh, fun this summer, um, both Great. At, uh, both at our day job and with DreamForge. How is DreamForge doing, by the way? DreamForge is in a new, uh, new. Uh, uh, it has come out of its chrysalis and is now DreamForge Anvil. Yes, I, for those who may not quite know the story, I'll do it real fast. Please but do. But in in 2019, uh, my wife Jane and I founded DreamForge Magazine, and you can find us online at DreamForgeMagazine.com. Uh, DreamForge is basically a um, science fiction and fantasy magazine that basically has stories going toward the hope end of the spectrum that we can solve the problems the human adventure is just beginning that sort of thing not not pollyannish in any degree we have characters and and communities that face real problems and attempt to solve them rather than say oh my god the apocalypse is here and the zombies are coming that, oh shit bad. we're gonna die we're gonna die we're gonna die yes. no. yeah 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 and, and by the way and, i love zombie stories so nothing against those but uh, that's <laughs> that's not not dreamforge so um, and, and I just I can I can, can I just interrupt long enough absolutely. to say since day one I have loved it and I have been one of your your biggest fans and your greatest supporters and I have just been I have just loved everything about it from from its concept to its artwork to its format to its to its uh, uh, ideas and ideals and 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 what you did with it from its onset and I'm going to shut up now. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. That's so wonderful. <laughs> but in the beginning, from 2019, we were a quarterly full-color magazine. Um, yes. And uh, what happened was COVID. So we did two years, and then COVID struck. And uh, the um, our subscriptions fell because, you know, pretty much everybody was paying attention to a lot of other things than magazines. And then the post office fell apart, and we couldn't get any of our stuff delivered. So uh, in 2021, we had to decide exactly what we were doing. And what we did was we transformed ourselves into DreamForge Anvil. So we're now more online. We actually publish six issues uh, a year now, and they are online. And then what we're going to be doing is taking the first half of the year and putting those up as a Kindle print-on-demand uh, magazine, which is something we're actually working on right now, so that people who really want that print in their hands will still hopefully be able to go to Amazon and, and order it. And as can, we became, can I say something about yes, that? Yes, you can. I so desperately, I think because I'm old, <laughs> and I really think that's what it is more than anything else, but I so desperately want and need that, that tactile sense more than anything else. I mean, I have been... Again, a supporter of Anvil as well, as you know, and and have been there uh, through its metamorphosis, and 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 all of that. But I and I am going to back 
uh, it's it's hard copy as well because I I desperately and I think that there's going to be more support than you think for this uh, the hard copy because of that. There's there's always going to be a demand for it. And the the problem that we had one of the major problems we had going forward with hard copy was and Dome you know this yourself because you're a subscriber we sent out our one of I think our last issue that was print we sent out near Thanksgiving and you got it in February maybe. January, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say December, and then I realized no, it was after the new year. Well, that stuff's yeah. still happening, which scares me a lot because now we'll talk about this a little later. But we've done an anthology in cooperation with uh, Angela Rico Smith of Space and Time, and uh, we have some print. Co- we didn't actually weren't responsible for mailing that out, but I did have copies to mail to my authors and and to some other people. And and I've I've physically gone to the post office and sent these things to addresses that I absolutely know are correct. And they've come back as undeliverable. And we can't fix the address because it's the right address. So we just try again and send it out. So the post office is still having some issues, let's say. And it makes it makes us being responsible for, for mailing things out en masse. Uh, that it makes that an untenable situation. So we don't worry about it too much. We move on to other things. And exactly. one, of the things we, <laughs> one of the things we moved on to was with Dreamforge Anvil, we're not only publishing great stories, but we wanted to take our, one of the real differences here is we wanted to take our experience with reading like 2,000 short stories and selecting some of them and actually help authors write better stories. So a big focus of Dreamforge Anvil is about writing. And um, we have articles on writing. We, I write them. Yes. And then we also have some from Wolf Moon, who's an award-winning author. He's written for us. And we formed a discussion group on Patreon that's called Dreamcasters. And Dreamcasters basically is a discussion group about science fiction and fantasy, but it's also a writer's group where we talk about these issues and we help people, you know, learn new things about stories like Show, Don't Tell, for instance. Um, and we're having a lot of fun with that. And uh, for the, the support, the people who are on Patreon know that the support that they give us goes directly to buying stories from authors. So um, not a profit-making enterprise in, in any sense, but um, we want to use our experience now to actually help people get out there and write better. And we might buy some of their stories, and hopefully they'll sell some elsewhere as well. So the writing challenge in, in the Dreamcaster supporters, uh, explain a little bit how that works. Well, uh, Dreamcasters is is essentially a discussion group, but I also decided to do a writing challenge with them. So uh, one of the things I've been playing with, again, we're trying to understand how do we help people understand writing better. And one of the ideas I've been playing with is writing as a martial art. Um, I used to be a martial artist. (laughs) uh, Not a a very good one. (laughs) I love the idea that you're taking what is essentially – the solitary art of writing and turning it into this discussion group and 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 and, and making it a a I don't know quite how to put this, but you know for years we've had this this belief that a writer you know. A writer sits alone in a room and works out everything for himself alone. And when he's done, he hands it to an editor who marks it up in red pen and says, make all these changes. 
and what you've done with with Dreamforge Anvil and with Dreamcaster support groups and things of this is turned it in turned the concept of writing around a little bit more and said, yeah, we can we can all work together on this. Exactly. And uh, in that idea of the going in that analogy of the martial arts, one of the things that I'm keying on is when you take martial arts, one of the things you learn are patterns or kata. And they're, they're disciplined movements that basically are the foundation that you'll use later when you actually learn to spar and, and you know, um, do, do fighting, that sort of thing. And we're trying to reduce writing to a series of kata, not to say this is how the best stories are told, but to say here are disciplined moves that you need to learn so that later on they can be ingrained in, in your mind and your spirit and, and you can, you know, use them freely and unconsciously. And, um, you know, that's just something that, that I put together. I don't know of anybody else who's ever, ever thought of doing it that way, but, but, um, I'm going to try it and we're going to see if we have some success with it. And how's it working so far? Well, we, we, we actually just got started, but I, I, I like it. (laughs) Well, that's a good start. I think I'm having, I'm having fun with it. It makes it it makes it somewhat easier to actually teach people because you can basically it's it's very much like having someone drilling a, a move or a, a punch or a kick in front of you and being able to see what they're doing and, and tell them how to correct it because you've, you've asked them to do a very specific thing. You haven't said just go out on the floor and, and fight with that guy. And, and, you know, it's it's really hard to see what's going on other than flailing limbs and people falling down. And in writing, it's it's the same way. If you if you don't have a bit of a disciplined approach, that story can be all over the place, and there can be so many things going on as from beginning writers that it, it's hard to even make a comment. But if you say, okay, here's what we're going to do in the opening, and here's where we're going to place the narrative hook, and here's where our first obstacle to be, should be, and here's how the obstacles are going to be related to one another, and you lay that pattern down. And, and you say, okay, well, that's what I want to see. And we're not saying this is how all your stories are going to be forever or this is the best way to tell a story. What we're saying is this is your white belt pattern. And this is the first thing you're going to learn so that, so that you can basically show me something that I can actually comment on, that it at least has a, a, a narrative structure that we can go through and, and that I can say, oh, well, here's where you know, your narrative hook isn't working and, and let's see why. And at least I know that it's supposed to be in a particular place and what it's supposed to be and, you know, can comment on it. And that's the, the charm of it to me. And by the end of the year, we'll know if it has any charm for anybody else. <laughs> Got it. Now at this point, uh, I want to bring in Angela Eureka Smith, uh, who's doing a bunch of stuff in cooperation with Dreamforge uh, at a bunch of different levels, but also with Dreamcasters. Angela, hi. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hi. Thanks for having me here. This is so exciting to to be on this show that I've heard so much about. I'm Okay. Well, most of it's a lie, so that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I shouldn't change my number after this. <laughs> well, you know, you definitely should. And also change your Skype address. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about was because we're talking about Dreamcasters right now, is that you've also uh, been teaching or did teach one of the Dreamcasters classes in, in press releases. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually one of my, I, I have 20 years experience in newspapers. And so that's one of my favorite little things to plug is press releases because it's free advertising. Um, it validates us. Um, it, it has a chance to go viral, which is what we want. And people discount. It's just a small town paper. But the bigger papers look at the small town papers and you can get in the small town paper, but you're not going to get in, you know, the Chicago Tribune. But you will if the Chicago Tribune picks it up from a small town paper. And it's actually it's so easy once you know the pattern. And we just had uh, I mean, I, I have to boast about this. Uh, Lee Murray is a friend of mine, and after she won um, a stoker for the Black Cranes anthology, um, she she wanted to write a press release. So I was like, oh, let me help you with that, because, you know, I am that person that lives for this. And we did it, and within two hours of releasing it, she had international coverage. They used the same exact headline that I'd given them, and the cut lines, and boom. And then from there, she has just been exhausted with all the interviews and the, the coverage that has sprung from that, which is awesome. It, and it helps too, because now that's a Shirley Jackson finalist and uh, so the, the one in the UK, which I can never remember. So I'll just back up and pretend like, yeah, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my the, ignorance. There's so many awards. So Certainly one of so. the hardest things for a writer to do is be their own cheerleader because mm -hmm. that's not what they're prepared to do that's yeah. not what they're trained to do yeah and that's what's nice about a press release too is because you're saying it in a third person it's a newspaper that is saying this the newspaper wants you to write it from their voice because you have an editorial assistant that has to get this paper filled that's a gift this is not you know a favor from you know they're not doing you a favor and a lot of people don't realize this especially with you know authors we think you know, everything we have to, to beg for. But a newspaper is waiting for that interesting content. And if you can give it to them prepackaged, you know, and, and tell them why it's good for them. I am from your town. I am, you know, a resident of this, or, you know, I work in your local school system. I live in the next town over, but I do things in your local school system. And I happen to have this thing that I'm giving you this press release. They will run it. They will be grateful if you do it properly they will put you on their favorites list. And every time you send something, you'll get white glove treatment. And why not do that? It's free and easy. So, but don't let me, like, I will talk forever on press releases. <laughs> 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 I love press releases. As terrible as that sounds, they are awesome. And, and I mean, the reason you're good at it is because you worked in newspapers for a mm -hmm. long time. Oh, yeah. You, under, you understand how they work mm -hmm. and because you not only are a writer of of in the newspaper business but you're also a writer in a writer business so you're working both sides of the aisle mm -hmm. so yeah, you're you're seeing both sides of the game which yeah. makes beautiful sense Nice going, lady. <laughs> Thank you. I think coming from a writer background, and I've noticed this, and I'm not trying to say that anybody, any type of writer, you know, I, but I will say that I think newspaper people that turn to fiction have an advantage because we already have no hearts. It's been cut out of us by countless editors and publishers. We already look at writing as a product. So we yep. don't cry when the red ink comes slashing through. Or it, you know, it was going to get bought, but now it's killed. It's, it's a product. And while art goes into it, definitely, um, in the end, it's a product. 
And I think that really helps with the, you know, all of the emotional problems that come from being an artist, because you you had those crushed out of you long ago in the community papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when I was working in, in uh, terrestrial radio, I had that crushed out of me on a daily mm-hmm. basis. So oh, I get yeah. that. Understand that completely. Yeah, yeah. You have tears for breakfast. That's your cocktail at night. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I did. That's how. That's how I moistened my Wheaties. Absolutely. <laughs> so how how did how did you and Scott begin working together on uh, on on uh, on, on uh, Dreamforge? Well, it was actually back in 2019. We kind of started together. I had another publication that was a super local community arts kind of online publication. Um, And I did it when I had retired from the newspapers. And it was kind of like my look, I'm still valid. I can do everything, you know, and did it for a year and then realized it's not worth doing everything. You know, I'm just going to go write fiction. And then in 2018, the very end of 2018, um, I had realized because I've been self-publishing for about 10 years now. But I realized I was getting myself in a bubble. And while I had my little group of fans, I wasn't reaching anybody else because as soon as I wrote something, you know, I edited it up and I published it. So I had started looking at magazines to publish too, to kind of, you know, get that that reader base wider. And I stumbled across a magazine called Space and Time because I kind of went to where all my friends were publishing. And I just started, you know, upsetting, sending in uh, submissions to those. And Space and Time, looked really cool but it was closing it had been around since 1966 and you know everything looked great about it it was like people were mourning the fact that it was closing but you know postage costs this was before 2020 hit so you know (laughs) that was it was already a hard gig to do a magazine um but at the end of it it was hildy silverman was the publisher at the time i'm the third publisher and she had this kind of this impassioned little plea of we really wish it wouldn't close, but you know, if any anybody out there could possibly take a magazine on and publish it and continue space and time, you know, that would just be amazing. And I said, "Oh hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm not into adopting rescue dogs because I've already got six. I obviously already have this problem. I don't need to add another. You know, it, it's going to be a lot of work, and there's not a lot of reward, and there's definitely no financial gain. So I need to just stick with what I'm doing." But it kind of kept picking at me and picking at me. And then finally I said, you know, you, it's like 50 something years of history that I could step in and keep going. So we ended up doing that. And then Hildy put us in touch with uh, Scott. Because we Scott, were working with Hildy. Yep. We were working with Hildy. She was helping us promote Dreamforge. Um, yep. So that she was she was going to cons that we couldn't go to, and she was taking our brochures and our handouts as we were getting started and that sort of thing. So so Hildy you know, played matchmaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there was there was basically a day where Hildy said Scott talked to you know Angela. Angela talked to Scott. So yeah, yeah. We've kind of been cooperating ever since. We've run a, a bunch of different things like advertisement campaigns together, and this anthology that we did, Worlds of Light and Darkness, is uh, you know part Dreamforge, part ours. Uh, some of our favorite stories and that has done incredibly well uh, i was just really impressed with how uh, uproar books and and rick over there has done just a fabulous job with that but i didn't know all the story of you guys's you know your pandemic story 
but it's weird how similar they are, Scott, because we also, I mean, we had the, the postal. Years from now, the publishers will refer to the pandemic as those terrible postal years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We and we all well, we all broke. have terrible delivery stories. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> we almost went under because we were replacing magazines and we shipped uh-huh. our spring issue like as everything was shutting down. I think the like three days later everything was shut down and you know the pandemic was really kicking in. And uh, I'm standing in there in line and everybody's panicked and I'm trying to mail these three, four, or five hundred issues off. So. The post office people love me, which is weird, but everybody in the line hates me. And I always try to, you know, but we don't do that anymore. We went to to print on demand on Amazon. So now it's Amazon's issue. Amazon makes sure they get there and don't ask us because Amazon's doing it. Yeah, nobody's uh, going nobody, to, nobody's going to, you know, mess with them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Go, go call Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos will shoot them out with space lasers. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're good. So, but yeah, that's, it's funny that we had the, the similar things going on, but we had the same reaction where we've cut our issues from four to two now officially, but that's so we could work more on building the community. So we started a virtual world component. We have mini cons coming up starting in September. And then we started the iron writers, which is, I thought that was hilarious. That whole, we don't do the martial arts, but we've got the the gladiator is what we're kind of thinking of it as the iron love writers fighting. <laughs> so every month yeah, we're in our third one now. So we have two winners and the winner of this one, then all the winners compete quarterly. And then whoever's the quarterly winner, they all compete for iron writer of 2021. So duking it out. And yeah, we want to see ink spilled everywhere. <laughs> Make this graphic. <laughs> Bring on the pain. So, but yeah, it's funny. So now we got to like start. I didn't even know you guys were doing it from that point of view. We have to start. I see other places where we can link up. Oh, I, I, th- I think we go. have to have a a cross yeah. tournament. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 yeah, we, we could, we could have like an Olympics. Yeah. Of, you know, and, and, and yeah, we could, we could do this. So, you know, so, I had actually thought that would be so much fun to like pit if you could have leagues like writing as a sport because it is a sport. You know, we're not all just nerdy sitting around at our computer all day. The hell stuff. we're not. We're some <laughs> of the best nerds around. Don't kid yourself there, lady. Let me tell you. Yeah, but so we have talk- cool names. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about worlds of light and darkness because it's kind of like cherry picking the best of both worlds from from both of you guys isn't it mm-hmm. it absolutely is and and um i just want to break in with um a couple of our reviews to tell you how wonderfully this has been been reviewed but um uh let's see Booklist, which is the american library association the review there oh what uh, do they just, know oh yeah sorry. what do they know they said <laughs> they said that the combining of stories that have been printed by these two publications is genius publishers weekly said contains some real gems um, and Nicole's reviews on Goodreads said this collection of short stories is re- really is the best of the best. And the reviews kind of just just go on like that. We've been ex- exceptionally blessed in in how well uh, this anthology has been received. And it's 20 short stories, uh, about half from Dreamforge and half from Space and Time. And um, obviously we're we're the hope element and uh, Space and Time is a little bit more of the darkness element. But 
I think the the thing about all of it is is the the determined, um, you know, humanity will survive. People will triumph, you know, triumph the spirit sort of thing. I, I think that's a thread that, that that binds all of it. But there's something in here for everyone. Angela, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I'm just still kind of going off of I'm letting it hang on the fact that we're geniuses. I mean, that's oh, what there I you go. All that. Sil- <laughs> silence. Well, what can you say after that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 we had a lot of fun with it. And it was a, a really nice opportunity uh, for our part of it. We tried to mix like some of the older, more experienced writers like Jonathan Mayberry with some up and comers like Austin Gregg, um, who actually also works with the magazine um, doing a column and stuff. So that was kind of a neat way, an opportunity that we saw to blend everything, because that's kind of one of our goals is to promote the newer writers and get them that ink time so that they can go on and be established and hopefully not forget about us. But, you know, we want to be that first step. So, And that's the world of light and darkness has been a huge first step for some of these guys. Oh, yeah. And one of one of our authors, um, uh, Mark Gallagher, um, we published Pioneer, which was a Mars story, uh, Mars settlement story uh, in, in Dreamforge earlier. It's part of Worlds of Light and Darkness, and he has now sold a collection of those stories as a novel. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, oh you know what? I should say, um, just by coincidence, John Linwood Grant, one of the authors, it's his birthday today. And he happy did birthday. farewell to Worms. So I would say, happy birthday, John. <laughs> oh, and we could actually sing the happy birthday song and not get into litigation problems, but we won't. Uh, yeah. But we could. Because <laughs> you don't want to lose all your listeners, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we we couldn't, we could be litigious, but we won't. Um, <laughs> so let, let's talk about, uh, God, there's so much we could talk about. But we won't. No, I mean, we could. Uh, what's Space and Time magazine doing for the, the near future? What do you well, got going on, lady? Right now, we have been working our brains out. And I literally mean brains uh, because we've kind of. It looked like COVID was going to go away. And then we decided Surprise. about two or three months ago, this is this is going to be the future. Not saying COVID but these new habits. And part of it is because um, I have never done so many conventions and stuff as this year because everything was online. So I could do back-to-back conventions. And I like that. It's it's inclusive. You don't have to have a ton of money. I'm limited to one or two a year because of money and time and exhaustion. But I could do three conventions in a week, which was awesome. So betting on that, um, we started getting into the metaverse and building what we're calling Writer University. And it's where people can come and they can interact for free, but in a three-dimensional way. Um, And they can take courses through Writer University if they'd like, and they can get certified. Of course, it's our certification. So, you know, Yale is probably not gonna give you any credit for that, Um, but we'll be proud of you. And then they can interact, they can play games. The Iron Writer that we're doing we're putting statues up in the, the metaverse to honor them with their information. It can link to their websites. And so that's our way of saying we, we have this Zoom fatigue. I don't know if you've experienced that yourself, but after so many conventions and so many Zoom panels, you get tired of it. It's it's exhausting to stare at yourself and have that fake smile put on and and have to put on lipstick. I mean, I got out of that in 2020. Oh, I stopped putting on lipstick last, last year. 
I just see, won't do I, it I'm just, I'm not brave enough yet. I still feel like I have no lips, so I need the lipstick to accentuate that. <laughs> but, but so that's kind of what we've tried to do is we're building this uh, kind of a heightened experience, a three-dimensional experience, so that people can come in and they can do conventions, which is the Spec Fair Minicon. On the eighth of every month, they can either be in there and have that experience of actually talking to people, performing on a stage, sitting in a coffee shop, having a writer's meeting, um, or, and they, we've got an ekphrastic museum so they can write their poetry or short stories about the, the free domain works of art that are displayed there. And then we can bring it into the online world and we have pages that they can, you know, have their booth set up so they can kind of choose the depth that they want to be involved in. But we can video that from inside and bring it out so people can get like an award show. We can't do an award show right now, you know, because of physical distance of everybody being around the world, as well as, you know, nobody wants to touch each other right now because we all have foodies. But we can do it there and it's safe and see faces and hug each other, you know. And yes, it's virtual, but science has proved that the virtual experience is as valid to us as the real experience, which I will tell you, I'm on my 11th year of marriage to a man that I dated in the metaverse 10 years ago. So. Okay. Yeah, that's that, my two cents. Sorry, that was my mic drop. And it worked. I found my man that. that way. <laughs> Angela, there is such a weirdness to that. I'm just saying. It is. But okay. It is. Yeah, well, he was in Australia, and I was here, and we were just friends. And I, w I had gone through a really painful divorce. We were just friends. Um, but talking to each other, we became best friends. You know, and it's that's what the best relationships are, is a mind-to-mind -mind kind of thing. And so no, no, yeah. I, I understand completely, but yeah, there's there's a there's a level of oddness to that that mm -hmm. I, I truly appreciate. <laughs> oh, you you don't even know. <laughs> oh, I didn't say I knew it. I just said I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, it is it is funny because we do joke about that. There is a like in the real world, like the physical world, you know, you have all kinds of crazy elements and you have them in the virtual world as well. And, you know, so it's not, I mean, I dated, dated, you know, that's how my husband and I got to know each other, you know, across the world. Um, and then I didn't really do anything there for a long time. But with COVID coming up, um, it was, first it was Omnium Gatherum had a book release party in a metaverse, in a virtual environment. And I'd gone to that and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. And then Balticon had part of their, uh, their last Balticon in a metaverse, which is Second Life. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, that's where I, I know all about Second Life because I used to hang out in here and met my husband. Well, I didn't meet him there, but you know, that's how we dated. And so that's kind of where it spread from. And I was actually finding artists from space and time in the Balticon art exhibit. So it, it all kind of started happening at that point back in the spring where we started considering doing this because it was like, I had so much fun. You know, we did Segway racing. Um, I rode a dragon and it's it's free form. So there's no goal. It is literally kind of what you want to do, what you want to experience. There was a dance party on the roof. Um, and that's where when we kind of thought COVID is coming back, you know, for pandemic part two. Uh, let's let's invest in this. Let's make this happen. So regardless, after COVID is done, we might keep it going because a lot of uh, handicapped people wind up going in there like paraplegics and stuff. And and that yeah. was true like 10 years ago yeah, because yeah. you can have a whole life. 
In fact, uh, the girl that does Sesame Street, Tara Schaefer, I always mispronounce her last name, and everybody remembers her from the ballerina that dances in a wheelchair uh -huh. with Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, she's in there, and we're friends in there. And that's a way that she can have a, a well-rounded life and be completely mobile and, you know, do anything she wants, you know, where in the physical world she's limited. Right. So that's kind of where we'll probably keep it going even after just for that reason, because it allows people who don't have the means to travel or maybe go to college or, you know, they can still participate. And we're going to run a space and time virtual so that it's a training ground. People can publish the magazine in there, be a writer, go edit, you know, set up your, your slush piles. And also, if there's a huge mistake made, it's not the one that's going out to everybody. <laughs> so. so, so Scott, yes, I'm sir? still hoping that we can see you in October. Oh, yeah, we're coming. We got our rooms booked. Rock on. So, Scott, we're going to see you guys at Upper Valley Comic Expo in October up here in beautiful New Hampshire. Absolutely. Nice. Looking forward to it. It sounds it sounds like that's still a go up here. God oh, knows. Boy. Hey, we're Jane and I are fully vaccinated, so we got that going. And <laughs> we, have, we have our masks. We and got so that is going. our staff up here. And beyond that, God knows what. <laughs> <laughs> we will all cross our fingers and hope for the best. We're that's all we can do at this a, point. We're actually mm -hmm. going to turn into a little mini vacation. We're we're going to come up. Uh, couple of days early and do some sightseeing because it's going to be fall it should be absolutely gorgeous and um there's a it's what we call the peepers <laughs> they come up here and they they peep at the uh, leaf change yeah well because... just let us know if you need any state tips on what to see scott okay well yeah so, please do so and, far uh, i know there's a there's like a dinner train up there that we're gonna we're gonna be on one night oh so yes you that. you have to hit that yes there, there is, and I mean, we're all up there, so I mean, you know, let us know. We will. <laughs> and uh, so you're going to be at the Upper Valley Comic Expo on uh, October second. And uh, what else is going on for Dreamforge Anvil? Well, um, as Angela has uh, a lot more energy and time than I do, that's for sure. And I'm absolutely, <laughs> I'm absolutely fascinated by all the things so you it just would talked seem. about. And, and I gotta, I gotta learn about all that. And I think there, there could be some crossover opportunities there mm. with, with uh, Writer University and with the, the Iron Writers. It sounds like Arena versus Dojang, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so there could be some cool things going on there. But one of the things I'm attempting to do is I'm learning how to make videos. So I'm going to try to make very simple videos that basically help people again write stories. So uh, the first one I'm working on is I'm taking a short story that's like a typical submission, and I'm breaking it down. And walking through the beginning and saying, well, here's here's how I would restructure the story so the beginning works a little better. And I'm going to walk through the story like that. And and from there, as I learn to do videos, because it's a brand new thing for me, hopefully we can talk about other writing things later and, and just cool stuff and and cool developments in the worlds of, of, of science and technology and, and all those sorts of things. But but my spare time after after work and after Dreamforge is learning how to deal with some some simple videos here. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, if I could be any two people right now, if I could be if I could be other somebody else, uh, I I would have to like roll a, a twenty four sided die 
and have half of them be Scott Noel and the other <laughs> half be Angela Rico Smith and just kind of try and... Batman. I mean, come on, it's Batman. Batman. <laughs> definitely Batman. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Because you guys sound like you're having way too much goddamn fun. And uh, and I'm not having any fun anymore. I'm oh. just sitting here in front of my iMac going, these guys are fun. And uh, well, I, I need to have you want to be a publisher instead of Batman. I mean, come on. No, I do come not on. want to be a publisher. <laughs> uh, I, I want to sit here and read more cool books and talk to more cool people like Scott and Angela. And I can't thank you guys for coming on the show tonight and talking to us and, and making my day and making my night. Thank you guys so much. Oh, it's been so thank much you. Fun. Uh, come back anytime. Both of you, Scott, you know, you can come back anytime. Angela, you're my new best friend. Oh, and I like you because you said no rules and that's like right up my alley. No rules. There, no rules. No rules. You can, you can brush your teeth anytime. <laughs> Until they fall out And then that decision just gets made for itself And then you're still good You're still good in my book Thank so, you guys so much Come back anytime And, and uh, this has been TalkCast 494 We got six more until the big 500 Whatever that means uh, Listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night Because that's why we're here Good night everybody Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watt sauce. We have, we love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. I know you hate people like me. I know I do.